I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Erin Groves, and back with another special guest. I actually found her through Jill, so Jill, thank you for this. But she is the CEO of her own business all around social media, and you guys all know how much I talk about how I'm not good at social media, so this episode, I am not only going to learn a lot about her as a person in her business, but Mary Rob, the CEO of Social Practice. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Say hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. It's going to be so much fun. I always selfishly ask questions about social media because, as I just mentioned, I'm not good at it, but you didn't just jump into social media out of college. So I want you to give the audience a little bit of background on what life was like before you took on the CEO role. For sure. So um, I actually have a pretty big background in advertising and marketing. That's what I went to school for. For was PR. Um, and I worked in four different advertising and marketing agencies. And the reason social media came up for me was so many of our clients were asking me, I need social media for my business. That's a huge part of what we need to do. What do we do about it? And the agencies I worked for had great services, but social media was always kind of like an afterthought. And also um, social media as a service, even up to this point, it's just such a new thing. Um Offering it from an agency perspective, it, it wasn't being implemented or executed correctly in, in a way that it truly delivered a return for clients. And I was looking for a solution to a problem. It also, just the demand was there. I think that's a huge thing in business is identifying a demand for a service or product. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm a millennial. I grew up on social media. We had Facebook when we were in high school. I've always been a super creative person and I just love like storytelling. I love video, photo, writing, all of it. And social media is such a great place to tell the story of either yourself or your business. And um, once I got thrown into advertising marketing, so many of these businesses needed this. And uh, honestly, I just, through my experience, I was like, there's a there's a way to do this the right way. And so I, I started it myself. Um, I piloted uh, my service with a couple of clients before I quit my agency job um, just because I wanted to make sure, you know, it if it's not working inside of the business, you know, there are some pros and cons to that. But I wanted to make sure if we're going to start, you know, selling this and scaling this company, I want to know that this is something that business owners will benefit from. And to my not so much surprise, but very quickly, it became very clear to me, like, this is a business. This isn't just a side hustle. So, um, yeah, I think timing was a little bit of it. And then also just, you know, being aware of what's happening in the market and just knowing what your customers want, and what they need and and coming up with a solution. We're going to break that down a little bit more. But I think you saying pilot is funny because it's something I hear a lot in my own mm-hmm. business, but it's recognizing where the demand is and then going that direction. Mm-hmm. And you just touched on another thing, which is side hustles turning into a business. I think the key to turning a side hustle into a business is recognizing when the timing is right and when there's opportunity and capitalizing on that. So I think you touched on a bunch there, which we'll dive into, but I kind of want to take it back further. So when you were in those advertising agencies, obviously you're passionate, you have that creative gene in you, if you will. 
Was entrepreneurship always something that you feel was hidden deep inside of you that was just waiting to crawl out? Yes, 100%. Elaborate a little bit more on that for the audience. So, Were there certain things about you that now looking back, you're like, this is why I'm here? Yes. So there's three specific examples of that. So for starters, I'm an only child. So I had a lot of alone time, probably (laughs) too much. So (laughs) I mean, whenever... I mean, I always was thinking about I I needed to be busy. I didn't like sitting still. I didn't like watching Disney shows and Nickelodeon. I like to like be doing something. So I, when I was growing up, had at some point created like eight to ten different businesses. I had a chocolate business, a popcorn business, a movie like movie rental business, a lemonade stand, a sticker, a station. Like I had all these things. And like I I had created like catalogs and albums and like earlier in the day like we didn't have websites at that point like we were like middle school age so but I was always just like wheels are spinning um the the other part to that is my mom is in banking and she's a banker and so she traveled for her career my whole upbringing and so she would take me to all of these deals and she was always in front of other business owners and entrepreneurs and it was just I was kind of around that my entire life and just being around these business owners who, of course, were like borrowing money from my mom's bank. But like, you know, you go to dinner with them and you sit at tables with them and you hear their stories and you're kind of exposed to this whole other lifestyle. Um, Both my parents don't own businesses. They both have great careers. But kind of when you're exposed to that at an early age, you kind of catch the bug a little bit. And then both my parents also, you know, they are career minded and oriented. So I kind of picked that up from them as well. It's funny because I think a lot of people, and that's why a lot of this podcast is like recognizing those traits in yourself that maybe you didn't know. And that's something for me. I mean, I'll be 26 at the end of this month, but it's like, I'm just now coming to that at 26. And my mentor didn't come in until he's 35. But when you look back, there was like, it was there. It just hadn't really fully come to fruition. So once you started to recognize the demand in the market with social media you did the pilot. Walk the audience through, like, be very granular on how you made the switch to owning your own business, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, I think the first thing you have to be realistic about is finances. So for me, I've always had to work for everything. And so, you know, I couldn't just be, you know, right out of high school or right out of college and start a business. I had to work. I had to get experience. I had to work for other people. I had to be an employee. Um, not only to learn, but to also save money. So I had to save my money. Um, I have, I made a list, I think about 30 jobs. And now, of course, like I was part-time for about 10 years. So like there's probably about 20, 25 in that region. But like after college for five years, I had four jobs. And one of your episodes, I know you talked about like job hopping. Like I'm a big advocate for that. And I'm sorry for any, like, I don't know. It depends on who you are as a person. For me, that's what made sense for me because I needed to learn as much as I could. And as soon as I realized I was hitting a ceiling wherever I was at, either I was going to have to play politics or I was going to move on to something else so I can learn more about something else. So like that was always kind of my journey. So we're going to stop. I'm going to interrupt you there because I think this is something super important that it's not a bad thing to hop around. Yeah. And I think some people I I see both sides of it like Mm -hmm. I do. And obviously I'm on a public platform saying this, but I think what you just said is like, once you hit a glass ceiling, you're either catering into politics, which every organization has. I don't care what business you're working for, which is stunting your growth at some point. So Mm -hmm. for you, why do you feel it was so important 
and what did you learn from those four different experiences that you've carried into your life now? I will, I do have to like give you a disclaimer of like, I think it takes a very, very particular kind of person to be where I'm at, how quickly I got there. Like it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's very hard. And every time you start over with a new job, every time that you transition, every time you experience change, it is very hard. But you, if you have that personality where you adapt and you learn and you grow quickly and you can take the punches and you can roll with what's being thrown your direction without falling down, then this is meant for you. Um, and I, I genuinely believe like entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I no. just I have to be totally honest. Like that's why I don't know a percentage. I would say less than 10% of the population can handle it. Like I, it's just not meant for everybody, but, but that's the problem. Like, so like, you know, being in college, you know, they're really big about, um, you know, you need to put in X amount of years doing this and then you need to move on to this. And that makes sense for most people. But if you're not most people, it's confusing because you're like, well, you know, I've done this and I, I know like it's time to move on. But so when I was a little bit younger, I had to kind of battle with that because I've had mentors. And like when I was quitting one of my jobs, um, the COO of the company pulled me aside and he was like, look, I, you've been here for six months. And this is like, I hate this because I love this company. I love the job, but I was in a role that was more stable and like you were going to move up over time. And that's great for some people. But for me, I was like, I am beating my head against the wall. I have nothing to do. And I'd ask my boss for more work. And I'd be like, I'm bored and bored and bored and bored and bored. And the COO was like, you're young. Just be patient. And I was oh. like, I appreciate that. I do. But unfortunately, you hired someone who's a little bit crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it was, it was an amazing experience. Like I, I regret yeah. none of it. And I loved, I learned so much from everybody there. And like, even for him, like from a leadership perspective, I learned from that one conversation we had, but it's just, it's a different journey whenever you are an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I, it's funny cause Jill and I had the same conversation, but it, there's a time and a place to be patient. And my mentor told me this because I ask a lot about balance and I think there's a time to balance being patient in your business as in it's not going to grow to everything you want in a year that takes time and mm -hmm. that's for a reason but I also think there's a time where where you need to be impatient and being impatient is what helps entrepreneurs become successful so it's this hard balance of like impatient is my strength but at the same is. time it's a hard I think if you, it is, it's a double-edged sword. If you're impatient, if you're anxious, if you're always thinking about the future, you're probably an entrepreneur and there's pros and cons to that. But the, the reality is, is you're always going to keep pushing things forward. And if you're going to be owning a business and like putting it on the line, you have to live in the future. You have to be ahead of where everybody else is. Otherwise, someone's always going to be writing your tail, yeah. waiting to take what you've done. You know, and so you have to be hypersensitive and hyper aware of what's going on around you. Otherwise, you're not meant to be an owner. You are meant to be an employee. And that's OK. I mean, there's there's room for everybody. But yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah. There has to be. I mean, we everyone has their own role. And I kind of want to bring it back. So you had those different jobs. Obviously, you learned a lot and then you went full time into being a CEO. So walk the audience through taking that leap and how you knew like, hey, this is where I need to go. For sure. So the job before 
I started my company, I was in outside sales and I have never thrived more. And it's funny because being a creative, I love being creative. I love just that side of things. But my strength zone is sales and marketing and networking and just like the entrepreneur side of things. So I think the other jobs I had, if they would have, and I'm a big advocate for the strengths finders. And there's like a million different types of like, there's disc, there's Enneagram, there's all these things. What are you in disc? I just took that test. D. Okay, same. And I. I'm a (laughs) high D and a high I. It's very confusing. I, what was, I think I was actually ID. Yeah, that makes sense. DI. Yeah, I was definitely, they were making fun of me. They're like, you would be a D. But yeah, that was me. Only 10% of people are Ds. Okay. Like number one D. Yeah. But I, so D is more, um, it's definitely like ownership, like all that. But then I is sales. Yeah. Influence. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, But go back, yeah. But so strengths finders. (laughs) is my strength zone was the sales side of things. And I feel like in business, um, depending on your goals, everyone's different. But if you have big goals and like a big vision, I mean, as an owner, you have to like know how to like sell what you're doing. Um, And so when I got into that, it, it all clicked for me. I was busy. I was fully occupied. I was like, oh, this is great. Like I'm able to really like thrive here. And then I hit another ceiling. And so um, what happened was I, that was the job where I identified the gap in the market for what I was doing. There's something that I learned from um, someone that I met along the way. Her name is Susie Batiz and she owns the Poopery Company. She had an event one time at her house and um, she, I, I got invited to it. And long story short, there's this whole concept, and she's the one who I learned this from. I don't know if she invented this concept or not, but I'm just going to tell you. That's who I heard it from. It's called an alive idea. And you, a lot of times, like, so you, you're you working and you're, you're getting all this experience. All of a sudden, you're going to have this alive idea. And it just, it's almost like it's this intuitive gut feeling, like the universe, like it all everything you've experienced, everything you've gone through, it all just, it like comes to this like pivotal moment. And I had this live idea and it was literally at the time whenever I was at the peak of my sales career. And then I noticed this gap in the market. I was also like kind of getting like, you know, whenever you're hitting up a, a ceiling in your job and sometimes like you don't know you're there, but you're like getting there and you can kind of feel it, but you're like in denial about it. I was getting there and then I realized, like I said, all my clients were asking me for this one thing. Like we didn't really offer it. The solution we had wasn't really truly what they were wanting. And it made sense because it was just outside of the scope of what the company was built upon. So like mm-hmm. that's not neither here nor there. But so it was kind of a combination of timing and a live idea hit me. I was like, I can do this as like a business, like social media. Um, so I went on a vacation to Mexico um for eight days with uh, my partner at the time and um spent half of that vacation building my company on a computer i filed my llc i got all my contracts in place i hired an attorney i built my website i built all my social media channels and i emailed a lot of my contacts and said hey i'm piloting this program i'll give it to you for half off just let, i just want your feedback i want to know like if this is you know like good for your business or not and uh, I hired people. I put ads out on like different job posting platforms. I found girls that were like super excited and passionate about social media. I was like, perfect. 
So I kind of just like put it all together and I was just like, I mean, I still have my full time job. So it's like, there's really nothing to lose at that point because yeah. I was like, well, let's just see. If, let's see what happens. And then it worked out and I was like, great. Like, this is my alive idea. Um, and I had started a business like two years prior. One thing I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs talk about is, you know, a lot of times your first or second business idea isn't like your best. It's normally yeah. like your second, third or fourth that really takes off. And for me, I mean, I had like, you know, a couple of like kind of. I wouldn't call them a failure per se. It was just more like, it wasn't really like a hit. Yeah. And then this one was kind of my first hit, if you will. So. What do you think you did differently in this business that made it a hit that the other ones maybe didn't have or? I think I had more experience. I think I had more confidence. I think I had the network. I think that's a huge thing too. Like if you're going to start something, you have to have the sales to back it. Especially, I mean, you have to like know like, I mean, for me, I've always been financially independent and like I have bills to pay. Like I have like a budget. So I knew like if I'm going to really like get into this, like the numbers need to make sense. And I need to know. That's why I piloted it first because I was like, I first I want to like see if this is a viable idea. Yeah. <laughs> like that's is this genius. even like a real thing. Yeah. And, you know, I was intuitive and like I had a gut feeling like everyone's asked me about it. Like surely it is. But, um, you know, I'm also not one to make a blind risk either. Like I'm very like cautious about the risks I take, but I am a risk taker. So you, how long did these people pilot before or how long did you pilot in general before you recognized, Hey, this is what I'm going to go like all two feet, jump in the deep end. (laughs) Three months. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I think like I mentioned, I was, it took me taking that sales job Like I said, like the network, who you know, is so important. And I think at that point, I talked to a lot of the people that I had been doing business with, both customers, referral partners, um, other people in the industry. Uh, And the other thing, too, is I have maintained relationships with everyone I've ever worked with. So I've had prior agencies that I've worked with and worked at that I pitched this to. I said, hey, you can white label us like you can do this or that. Never burn a bridge because you just never know like how like what people are going to how you can work together in the future. Um, I hired someone this past year that I interned with in college. Like there's I like multiple of my best friends work for us and like a kind of a more like part time basis. Like I just and people I've worked with, the relationships were huge. And so when I talked to my network and just kind of floated the idea, um, I spent I did spend time like getting buy in before I really off but then after that I was like I now that I know I have the sales thing down like let's go it's time so I know your business grew to over 250 percent in 2020 mm-hmm. a time when a lot of things fell off but I also think it was a time when businesses like yourself and a lot of others especially in real estate really took off why do you think that was for you and for your business so there's two sides to this one side was because COVID um you know, businesses, some of them had to learn the hard way that they need to adapt to the digital world. Like, I love in-person experience. I love just, like, how you can be when you're around other people, how amazing that is. But as a business owner in today, like, 2022 and even back then, like, there was some of them had a rude awakening. Like, we can't be in front of each other right now. So the only way to reach my audience and to reach my customer is online. And... If you look at like between TV, radio, podcast, whatever, what is one thing everyone does every single day? They get on their social media. Now, some it depends on their generation. Some people, that's Facebook. Some people, that's Instagram. Some people, that's TikTok, whatever it is. 
if you're a business owner, like you need to be on these platforms because that's that's the first place you're going to be able to reach your people. So I think that was one side of it. The other side of it is we we've kind of niched into healthcare. One thing that I love about healthcare is that I don't want to say it's recession proof. I don't think that's fair, but it's almost like it is always you can't shut it down. I mean, we had so we have plastic clients, dental clients. And that was scary because for a month, like they were shut down. But the reality is like I majority of my clients and we also might be in a bubble because we're in Texas, to be fair. Like yeah. Texas is a different market. Um, it, It's been this way even in 2008. Like we barely got hit by the recession in 2008. Um, But I think healthcare is also kind of that's kind of what where we got lucky. But I think the bigger picture was like businesses have to adapt. And they have to know like where their customers are. And so from a social media perspective, we got really lucky. I think a lot of it too has to do with your passion. You were doing this for yourself. Like you were a content creator yourself before you Mm -hmm. took this leap into social media. And so it's funny when you look back and you notice the linear line almost in a sense of like, this is what you were doing on your own. And now it's translating into your job, which I think is super important. What advice would you give for people? I think uh, this whole concept around a live idea, I absolutely love this is going to go on social media. Um, How do you think people can find that a live idea? How can they find that thing that they're passionate about that maybe they don't recognize to take themselves to where they want to go? That's a great question. I think so for me, I wasn't actively searching for it. I always so knew inside like there was going to be a moment when it was my time. But for me personally, I just had to throw myself at as many opportunities as I possibly could. I had to have as many jobs as I could. I had to meet as many people as I could until it would hit me. And I do have a lot of faith and I just believe in timing. Um, so I kind of relaxed into it. I mean, it just like it, it just hit me. Um, but I, I would say don't be afraid to surround yourself with a lot of different kinds of people put yourself in rooms that you're intimidated by put yourself around people who are also um you know alive and entrepreneurial and motivated because I will say it came to me after I I I started surrounding myself with people like I was going to different like women's networking groups and just different I was in different rooms and whenever you're around other people who have pursued their dreams who have started their own businesses it's almost like you're not even realizing it it's going to hit you when it does but it just it just does I don't know kind of like iron sharpens iron it's really funny that you're saying that and spiders can be like oh my god here and goes on a tangent but I'm very into the universe the mm-hmm. universe literally me and the universe are one and the same my friends make fun of me you're gonna think I'm crazy after this but it's weird because so I'm very into horoscopes to, or not horoscopes um zodiac signs uh-huh. and literally this month it was like I told myself that start a business I need this alive idea it's going to come to me but it's like once you start surrounding yourself with the right people literally exactly what you said and I feel like that's what's funneling in around me so it's so ironic that the things you think and the things you know come out in your reality I think it's the same thing when you're chasing something when you're putting yourself in a position that's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten is like put yourself in the position to receive and Mm -hmm. once you take that step it's not going to come directly it's going to come indirectly Mm -hmm. but once you once it hits you it's like it hits you like a ton of bricks like holy shit, this is exactly what that light bulb moment is. Yeah. Yeah. Just trust. Release, let go, let it happen. But also don't be afraid of hard work. Like you're going to have to be uncomfortable. That's the whole point of entrepreneurship. You're uncomfortable every single day. If you if you are afraid of being uncomfortable, either get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable real quick or just 
just know that it's not for you. Like, that's just the truth. Leading us right down to a path. I want to get more into you personally. You hit the nail on the head. How did your transition from being an employee to being a leader? What did you learn about yourself, both personally and professionally through that transition? Gosh, I mean, I'm still learning every single day. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that I feel like I was searching for when I was an employee versus being an owner is just having like leadership and mentorship where they they really understood my strengths and what where I could perform best so I did have like a kind of like a life-changing like life lesson with one of my clients at my last job um very successful plastic surgeon I went to go pitch him and he had a picture on his wall of him and his eight kids and they're like all lining up this stairway and I was like huh we spent two hours together and I'm like, you know, normally I get 30 minutes maybe with a doctor. And I just looked at the, I said, are those your kids? He was like, yeah. And I was like, what? Like, are, are they all like your kids? Like these are genetically your, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then like, he told me a story about every single one. This one's a doctor. This one's a nurse. This one's an, an attorney. Blah, 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 blah. And you know, this one, you know, is a stay at home mom, whatever. And I said, what's your secret? Like how, like you have a successful practice, you know, you have an amazing family. Like what is your secret? He says, my job as a parent, and I feel this way about business and as, a, as a leader, he said, I need to figure out what each one of my individual children is, what their number one strength is, what their talent is, and give them every tool and resource I can provide them to be successful in that. And so as an owner now, as a business, because I feel like a business is the same thing as having a baby, to be honest, um, my role is to bring people together, on, like on the internal side like of, of hiring people, and give each individual person that works with me, I want to understand who they are. I want to know what their strengths are. And I want to put them in a position where they're going to be the most successful naturally without, you know, being that that's where I come back to the strengths finders is that we all have like God given strengths and we have things that we're just innately born with that we're just good at without even thinking about it. But it's so crazy because you can go through life and not even know what that is. So I think that switching from being an employee to an owner, I realized like, you know, I especially as women, we like to do a lot of stuff. Like we're kind of ADHD sometimes. Like we have 50,000 hobbies. I mean, I do at least. I have like 10 hobbies. And the hard part is, is like, I like to do all these things, but it's like, well, what am I really good at? Like what, if I'm going to wake up every day and spend X amount of time on it, like where can I work in my strength zone and where can I pour that energy so that at the end of the day, I don't hate myself, my life, everyone around me. And that's part of my job as a leader is to, put my team in those positions and and I feel like prior jobs like they were amazing experiences it's nothing against them at all and I learned so much but like even like the job I was telling you about where I was bored it's like and the, the owner was like if you were patient and if he would have understood what is your strength zone he probably would have put me in the sales team and like you don't you're bored in marketing because you don't have enough to do like girl you need to go out and sell so it's just that's that's just kind of been my mindset shift is like it's not about me it's about my team because at the end of the day, a business is only as strong as the team. It's like a sport, you know, it's the same exact thing. So, um, you know, I got to get the right team in place. I got to get the right players in the right positions so that we can succeed and meet the goals that we're going for. How do people find what they're good at outside of a test? Because I think this is super important. Um, gosh, you know, that's, that's something that I've spent time doing. Um, 
for me, I had to get a lot of experience. I had a lot. I had to have a lot of failure, a lot of jobs that I didn't like. That's just me personally. Some people like are born confident; and they can figure it out. And for me, I had to just like throw myself at everything and just see what's what sticks. Um, the strengths finders changed my life. Having good mentors that like like that doctor who like knew how to really mentor his kids, for example, like finding good mentors who understand who have experienced life. That's a huge thing, and I have several people that now currently um mentor and guide my business who have 10 20 30 years on me and i have them in my world for a reason because i am very well aware of what i do not know i do not know a lot of things and i am very less experienced so i'm at a disadvantage in some ways but i choose to bring people in that can guide me who have been there before so i think that's also really important is to get mentors and surround yourself with people who have been there done that and can be like look i see what you're doing this is what you need to do and when you fail, I think sometimes there's this negative connotation around it. But I think when you're failing, and I'm just going to use your example, like you're bored, that's your strength. And so I think sometimes think like, for me, a lot of times, you have a lot of energy. It was always a negative thing. You're very mm-hmm. assertive. All the things that people say about you that they're saying in a negative way, that's your strength. And I know it's counterintuitive because you're like, okay, Aaron, but they're saying this is a bad thing. When you hear the same thing over and over again, and that's honestly how I figured it out is because mm-hmm. the right people will tell you that's what you're good at, but also the wrong people that aren't helping you listen to them the most because it's like the people that are hating on you that is really that they see in you what they don't have in themselves and so it's like that's where you know hey this is what I'm good at and to the same point if you have a mentor that's like honestly Aaron like someone's like you're not detail oriented no shit I'm not good detail oriented like I'm I'll be the first one to say that it's not a strength of mine but also not pretending or trying to and to your point hiring that person or finding that person on your team to fill that gap I think is super important and I think it does take time and age and wisdom as confident and self-aware as I like to think I am and all of you know this by now I there's definitely times where I'm like "Eh," could probably learn a little bit more the more failures that I have which I think is super important as you've grown as a leader and grown as a person you noted something before that coming into yourself as a woman and entrepreneurship was something I believe when you I heard this was right around 2021 I believe it was after a life event whether you go into that or not I kind of want you to elaborate a little bit more on that because I think coming into yourself is part of the entrepreneurial journey and I think it's almost the part of your story that a lot of people can resonate with yeah so it's a little tricky. I mean, like I said, growing up as an only child, I've always been extremely independent. And I was raised by a, a mom who, you know, taught me, you know, you need to be financially independent. And, you know, there's like pros and cons to that. And it's, I think as a woman, it's very tricky. And I'm still learning what that means because like work and home life balance, it, it, there's two like energies that I'm learning to like, lean into because at work it's that masculine aggressive like I'm ready to go let's get shit done energy um and at home that doesn't necessarily fly for what I'm wanting in my life everybody's different um so I would agree (laughs) (laughs) I have not figured that one out yet clearly (laughs) I'm working on I'm reading a lot of books um no so you know I had that but then at the same time you know I think this past year and a half, 
So I, I think for me personally in my journey to like get this confidence and this strength to keep pushing forward came from, um, a year and a half ago, I became single again for the first time, basically in 10 years, I was in a three-year relationship. Then I was single for like five months and I jumped into another one that was like five and a half years. And, um, I think entering into this journey, it was nice to have just like a support at home. It was almost necessary to just like have that confidence to jump into it. But then you also, for me personally, like I needed to be on my own and really just get back to who I am individually to really be able to keep pursuing the mission I was on. Um, so, you know, I went through a lot, a lot of pain and a lot of just dark darkness um, the past year and a half. And it was as a re- it was a result of 2020, to be honest. It was, it was a result of the pandemic, of the, of the economy, of just everything happening. Um, and so I think, though, part of being an entrepreneur is you have to be open and willing to learn. And you can't you can't think that, you know, everything and you have to be open to being humbled And I make jokes all the time. I was very humbled the past year and a half, especially because I started basically over from square one. Like, like I walked away from something that was very cushy to just being almost throwing myself, myself to the wolves, essentially. So, and I mean, of course, like I said, I take calculated risks. So it wasn't like it was, you know, I had nowhere to go, but it was also a very very huge life shift but I knew on the inside I knew I had to do it because I knew I had a big vision and a big dream for my life and I knew if I stayed where I was at I wasn't going to be able to accomplish that what advice would you give to someone that's in that exact situation oh gosh that's so hard because every situation is so different yeah Um, or someone that's going through because I think whether an Every single entrepreneur that's on here has some sort of life event that happened in their life that triggered where they were, whether it was cancer, whether it was a breakup, whether it was parents not agreeing with them. I think a lot of people who have a have a vision that's greater than themselves, they're battling something internally. And I mm-hmm. think that's where nine times out of 10 they get stopped is personal. This person doesn't want me to do this or X, whatever it is. I don't care what it is. Well, I do care, but you get the point. Mm-hmm. There's always something and it's fear. Mm-hmm. And I think you didn't allow fear to stop you. You said, okay, this person isn't serving me. I don't know who this person is. No judgment against you if you're listening to this podcast, but I'm going to go after something that's bigger than me. And so I, that's what I want you to give advice to people on because you actually did the thing that a lot of people don't do. I think you just have to listen to your gut. Your instincts and your gut is never wrong. And I hate, I hate my gut sometimes. And I'm like, hate you like literally like I know and and you know I've been caught dragging my feet but what I've noticed the more I drag my feet the harder it is on the other end of where I'm trying to go the quicker I just cut and I just move on to where I'm supposed to be and I also like I am like I said I, I have a lot of faith and I try my best too and I've been working on this too 2020 was a rude awakening for me um you know we don't really have control of anything except for ourselves. And we can only control how we react and respond to what happens. I think in 2020, we all went through our own version of trauma, regardless of what that was. I just got especially hit both in my business life and my personal life all at the same time. So I was really being squeezed. But 
Um, I just feel like if you listen to your gut and you also have faith and you, I, I don't know. I, I literally, I mean, I could tell you like what it was that triggered like my whole like process. Um, I was pretty unhappy for about six months at home. And, and unfortunately, like when you're in a startup, like your life is your business and like, but also like at home, like your business is your life. I don't know how to explain that, but like, so when your home life isn't going well, especially when you're like in the stressful phase of building a company, like it, it's going to bleed into your business and vice versa. Absolutely. And so I was noticing like, this is impacting what I'm trying to do. And, um, and so I was kind of blessed with, (laughs) it was like end of November, I had fallen asleep and, about an hour after I fell asleep, I, this is going to sound so crazy. I heard a voice that woke me up and it it basically just was, it said, you know, love yourself and have faith in God and everything's going to be okay. And I had been struggling for six months. I had a whole wedding that was paid off. I had an engagement for almost a year and a half at that point, but I was really struggling with like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Because the pandemic put all of that to a, a very, very, very quick halt. And then I also had to start up at the same time. And I was like, I, I, I don't know if I can handle any more pressure. Um, and the last thing I want to do is like shake things up even more, you know, walking away from a relationship shakes things up even more. But I kind of like, I, after I woke up to that voice and then about a month after I started like, I don't know, I just started planning. I just started looking at everything. I was like, looking at my finances I was looking at my business I was looking at my life I was looking at I mean it it, and it just all fell into place really quickly that this is what I needed to do um so I don't know I mean for me personally it was faith I've been praying on my knees for ever since that pandemic hit in March when when the president came on and said the world's shutting down I was like Jesus take the wheel like I have no idea what to do. I had a marketing company. Everyone, no one had money. Like everyone's businesses were shut down. Like I thought I was going to lose my whole business. I had just quit my corporate job. I was making six figures. I had a healthcare plan. I had a 401k and I had this baby business. I was like, I'm going to lose my business. And then my business just grew and grew and grew and grew. And I'm like, okay, this is the blessing. And then my relationship though, at the time wasn't thriving. And I was like, you know, at that point, like I I had to give up and like relinquish control. Cause I had no control at that point. No one did in 2020. So that's just kind of how it worked out. And for me, I just had to have faith that it was outside of my control. I just had to like follow my heart and follow my gut and just believe in what I believe in. And here we are. (laughs) It's ironic how many people that I talk to, whether everyone can believe in whatever they want to believe in. But I think it's so funny because so many entrepreneurs have that spiritual side of them. And I think it's because nine out of 10 of us want control over everything. Like we talked about this year in Enneagram 8. So am I, I think every other entrepreneur is, it's just in our DNA. Like I am a control freak. I'm not at home, which is kind of ironic. Um, But when it comes to business and certain things, like I'm control. And I think having that faith just gives you this grounding energy of like, doesn't matter what happens. Some, something bigger than me is taking care of everything else. And I get asked so many, like, how are you so spiritual? Or why do you believe this? I'm like, 
honestly, because I would be crazy if I didn't, because I would be so hyper focused on like doing, doing, doing and like cramming. And how can I get more out of this? Or how can I be more productive in these hours when at the end of the day, it's like when you let go. And I think you just touched on something of like when you stepped away from your corporate job, your business grew three times. That's how it is in every story. It's like when you Mm -hmm. let go of something, a person, Mm -hmm. a thing, whatever that is, something more is replaced right in front of you. And it's switching your mindset instead of being like, again, we're coming back to fear. It always is fear. Like what's going to happen? It's like, no, no, no. Put trust and faith and like lean into what you don't know. Because when you lean into that, everything else around you falls into place. It really does. I mean, unfortunately for my ex, like I walked away from my business and I was fine. So I walked away from him and I'm good. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. But like, I mean, as time goes on, that's part of being an entrepreneur. You have to just be in tune with yourself. You have to know when things are in alignment or they're not. And we all have different wants. We all have different needs. We all have different desires of our life. And so that's why it's so important to get very clear. I just feel like the sooner you get clear about what that is and you're confident about it and you're not afraid to own it the quicker you'll you'll grow. But I had to learn a lot of hard lessons along the way because I do tend to be extremely loyal and compassionate and empathetic and loving. And I I do not like separating from things. Like I hated leaving my job. Like I, I it was an amazing job. It's a great culture. Like I learned so much from them. But at the end of the day, like you have to do what your heart's calling you to do. Life's too short. I mean, COVID taught us that too. I mean, I hate safe. Like, we saw a lot of death. Like it's just it's how life is. What? What? Why? Why spend any second not loving and or hating your life? You know, if you have, if you have some sort of power about, because we do have control over our choices. We mm-hmm. don't have control about what happens, but we can at least control our choices. And like, you know, I mean, if I have the choice, then why not? Are there certain things or practices that you do in your life when you're at a place, uh, maybe it's an obstacle in your business or even if it's personal, overcoming fear that you feel is important for someone to take away from this episode? I'm just such a, I think I have short-term memory because I just don't remember like what happened yesterday. So luckily that plays in my favor. Like I'm just, I just like, have let's this just conversation do it. today. <laughs> Funny ironic (laughs) I'm just such like a a, it sounds so cliche just do it I mean what are you gonna lose honestly like I used I used to like cling so tightly to like money and like things and I'm like oh my god if this or if that I think that's something that a sales job teaches you too it's like if you just go for it like you get used to being rejected you're gonna get 99 no's you're gonna get one yes and that one yes is gonna light you up and you're gonna keep you're you're gonna keep going as long as you're a hard worker you do your best um you have a good network, you pour into what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Like it's all going to work out and you have faith. I mean, I mean, and you just have faith in what's going to happen and just, you know, give up the control. Like you said, I mean, I don't know. It's all going to work out. Yeah. Looking back on your journey and to where you are today. I mean, it's only been what, like four years that you've been an entrepreneur by now, four, five, three, three, three. And, three and okay. Half. Okay. Three so three and a half. So near four. What would you tell yourself n- now that you didn't know then? Or what would you tell yourself? I don't think I worded that right. Looking back, so four years ago, what would you tell your younger self that you know now? That's what I meant. Have faith in the process and be comfortable knowing that you don't know everything. And don't worry about your age. Don't worry about your gender. Don't worry about what people think. 
um, and be confident in what you do know and be humble enough to know that what you don't know, you can find people to, to fill that gap. I think that's a big part of being an entrepreneur is, you know, you're not an entrepreneur because you know how to do every single thing that you want to accomplish. It's that you know how to put the right people in the right places. You know how to be resourceful. You know how to use Google. I mean, you know, you, you know how to figure shit out is the whole point. You don't stop when a door's shut in your face. If you have that kind of personality, it's, it's all going to work out. What's the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome since becoming an entrepreneur? Ooh, I'm in the middle of that. Um, I think work can be a type of an addiction. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a way to fill a void. And I think... Avoidant personality right here. Hello. (laughs) This is I. And I think it's really easy to become obsessed with what you're doing because you love it so much. But you have to realize like you're also a human being and you have to prioritize yourself and your health and your well-being if you want your business to thrive and to succeed. So that's something I'm in the middle of learning of like finding better boundaries between working and being stressed about work and then taking time for yourself because the more that you invest in like time for yourself, self-care, all that good stuff, the better you can show up for your business to grow it. When you're in startup mode, it's a little bit like being in survival mode. You know, it's like you're just like you will do whatever it takes to get it to make it happen. But there comes a point where like there's a time and place for that. And then you have to like transition into more of just letting it flow and just trusting. That makes sense. How do you know that's where you were at and just releasing control? I mean, I hit my complete burnout and it was an all time low and it was very scary. Um, just health wise, it was not cute, but you know, that's just, but part of being an entrepreneur is like, you kind of balls the wall with everything you do. And so for me, like sometimes I have to learn from my own mistakes and, um, you know, I, I completely burnt myself out and it, so that, and I, I don't recommend that for anybody, but sometimes, like I said, like everybody can tell me to do one thing, but I'm going to do it my way because mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's how I'm wired. Yeah. Um, but that's what I knew. And I knew, you know, I, I have people to show up for. I've been given a lot. I've been blessed with a lot of opportunities and I'm not going to waste it because I'm in my own way. So I, I'm, I'm in the process of like learning how to better balance, like, you know, when to, check out when to have like how to have better boundaries with work so it's it's hard especially when it's something that you're passionate about I don't necessarily know if there's been a time in my life that I can think where I've been like truly burnout but I will say that my intention for this year was abundance and I've actually worked less than I ever have but I've made more and it was a hard mindset shift. And I did an episode with Whitney. She's amazing. And she touched on burnout. And when she hit rock, rock bottom and how she shifted things. And it's rewiring your brain for what the external world teaches you. Because I, as I, I never, and my mentor is going to laugh at this, but like I think hard work, you cannot. I think it's, if you're working hard and to you said there's timing, there's a lot of external factors, but I do think there is something to letting go and letting things flow. And I, it's the universe. 
and everyone can make fun of me, but there's something to it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't quite figured out what that is, but I think when you let go and you surrender, it opens up more doors because you're energetically available for them, which I think is super important for go-getter personalities to understand to prevent them from getting to burnout. I think it's something everyone is probably going to hit at some point. Obviously, we're not condoning that, but. Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's something I'm in the middle. Like, I'm in that season of learning what that truly means. But I agree with you 100%. And it's weird, like, this is a micro example. Like, whenever you back away for a second and then you check your email after a day of backing away and you're like, wow, I did literally nothing and I have all of these opportunities, right? It's just, it's interesting I believe in 100% what you're saying, but I don't want to discount hard work because I think it takes a a combination of working hard to get to that place. But I agree with you. It's such a thing. And that's why I love this platform so much because it is a journey and people make fun of me for saying this too. Whatever. I don't care. Um, But when you, I've noticed this, I think it's because I've worked so hard for four years. Like Mm -hmm. I've like ran myself to the ground I've done everything that I feel like I could to get and now it's just coming and so I think whether you're in a place of grinding it's gonna pay off and Mm -hmm. it's hard to see it and I never believed it because I'm stubborn Mm -hmm. and when someone tells me something I'm like you I'm like I don't believe you I need to see it for myself I tell this to every single person but it's just like the same thing in business it's like when it it's gonna happen you just have to really allow yourself and surrender trust the process yeah. It's a lot easier said than done. I know. I know. But that's where like because we're so future minded, we're yeah. we're thinking about tomorrow. We're not thinking about yesterday, but that's whenever it's good to like stop and look at look at everything that you've done. Look at all the obstacles you've overcome and you have to remind yourself like, "Oh, well I did do it's to ourselves we're like, "Oh, it's no big deal." No, it you have done XYZ and that's why you're here. So sometimes it is important to stop and look back. History is important because you know what? History repeats itself. That's a fact. So if you've accomplished X, Y, Z in the past or overcome whatever, you're going to keep doing it. What advice would you give to someone who wants to come out of their shell? And what I mean by shell is someone who feels like they're at a breaking point. And I think we've touched on a little things, but in terms of confidence or whatever that is like, what advice would you give to someone that feels like there's something more in their life? They just don't know where to start. You have to get uncomfortable. I hate to say it for me. Sometimes I need to drink a lot of wine and just think about it and like torture myself. And then I just do it. I mean, honestly, you just, you just have to just, I hate this. So annoying. looks like just do it. Get over yourself. Like there are enough, there, everyone's anxious, everyone's nervous, everyone's insecure. We all feel the same way. Like what, what do you have to lose? Just do it. Just go and get uncomfortable and be resourceful. And if you don't know what to do, ask people that do. Ask everyone you know. Ask people that are doing what you want to do and then do what they did. What's one thing about, what's one thing you've learned about yourself? Answer it both personally and professionally since becoming an entrepreneur Hmm. Hmm. professionally what have I learned about myself yes Hmm. that you didn't know previously um you know like I said before I think having it like starting a business is like having a baby to be honest it's very similar um I think I learned that 
I am a lot more like empathetic and compassionate than I thought I was. Um, and I'm just very, I'm just happier in this role than I've ever been. And I know without a doubt, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I would not have known that unless I tried. And I, and it's okay. Like if you try this and you're like, I hate this more than what I was doing before, that's fine. But for me, like I've never been more comfortable with who I am as an individual until I started this. And I think that's what shifted my whole personal life because as soon as I got to a place in my career where I felt fulfilled and happy and I wasn't banging my head against the wall, my focus shifted from figuring out my career because I got that answer I was looking for. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing this. My focus shifted back to my personal life and just like who I am and like what I'm looking for. Um, I got more clear of what that is where before I was just so occupied trying to just make ends meet. And like I said, survival mode. So personally, um, you know, I got more clear on like what I want that like home life to look like, um, what I want in a partner and my future. Um, I think I've become a more just aware and present friend than I had been in the past and, and person in general. I think Again, like when you're in survival mode, whenever you're just trying to figure stuff out, it's easy and it's not intentional, but it's easy to just, you just got to like figure yourself out. You know, you're not fully aware of everything going on. So I just feel like I'm a little bit more like awake and alive at this point, personally. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It's so incredible to see how people have changed and like I'm getting you early in your career, but like five years, if we do another interview, it's so cool just to see how people change over the course of their career. And even podcasts I've listened to, I'll listen to them, their first one, and then three years later, and just the person they become. And that's the part of this that I love so much because I'm like, I just, it's so cool to watch people grow and flourish in something that they're so passionate about. And you can just tell it like lights them up on the inside. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. What... They're all what questions today. A lot of WHs. I saw that in a, a PowerPoint. <laughs> I'm glad I'm entertaining her. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? And I know that's a loaded question, but where are there, be specific, one or two things, um, whether it's your business or yourself that you want to see yourself achieve in the next five years? I have a big vision. Okay. So I have multiple companies I want to start okay. as a kind of a branch out from what I'm currently doing social practice um I want to be married I want to hopefully have at least one kid in five years <laughs> I, I do want a family um so yeah I think that's enough yeah. in five years from now yeah. another business or two a husband and a kid or yeah probably just one do you want to same type or same type of businesses or um, like, like expand within the social media realm ish okay ish there's yeah, I have like a whole thing, a laundry list of ideas. Mm -hmm. We love that. God, write write that shit down. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. It was so fun getting to interview. And I ask, I'm gonna ask a very. This is out of left field. Um, social media questions because we didn't touch too much on it. If there's yeah. someone listening to this, or like, I need social media tips. Throw out two or three social media tips for someone that's listening to this. Video, video. Okay. If you want to be seen on social media, create video. Okay. Number one. Number two, spend time every day engaging with other people. Okay. My big like thing that I talk about a lot is the point of social is to be social. Creating content and putting things out there 
is just the tip of the iceberg. If you're not communicating with other people in social, it's not going to work for you. So you need to spend physical time every single day on the app talking to other people, whether it's commenting, liking, messaging, following, whatever it is, engaging, big, big, big thing. Um, and that's going to determine like how successful you are. Use it for what it's meant for. It's meant to be social. Make connections, network, talk to people, have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. Be yourself. Tell your story. People just want to be entertained. Wow. I'm the queen of this as a personal story. I'm the queen of like, I always think about this and then I'll ask you the final question. But I'm like, if I see a hot guy, I literally am the queen of adding them first on Instagram. And my friends are like, <laughs> you would do that. I won't say anything, but I'm like, I'll yeah. add you on Instagram sure. or even someone. And they're like, do you follow me? I'm like, I don't think too deep into it. Like mine's literally you're hot. I'm following you. And yeah. it has nothing else to do with that. Some people like read into it. I'm like, but to your point, it's a social app. Like yeah. uh, you're supposed to connect with people. Yeah, that's the whole point. Also, I don't think guys think that much about it. They're like, who's this bitch? Just kidding. Who cares? All right. Exactly. Well, who cares? <laughs> like, oh, she's hot. Oh, I'll follow her back. Her face. My tactic works. <laughs> there you go. I know it's just so funny because like I'm so not an initiator, but if it's like an Instagram follow, I'm like, oh, I'll follow you on Instagram. Oh, yeah, that's passive. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. DMs more aggressive. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. The last question I ask every single guest is, Mary, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for every single person God's put in my life. Friends, family, everyone. Everyone. That that relates to every aspect of my life. Every day I'm blown away. I'm like, I don't even know what I did to deserve this individual, but it's a blessing. So very grateful. That's a good one. I like that. I am going to say I'm grateful for a little rest and recovery. I feel like the long holiday weekend was so nice just to chillax. I'm not the best at chillaxing. So I'm very glad that I got some R&R and here we are. Dave. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> that was so fun to talk to you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> 